aren't we fortunate to have a God who wasn't concerned with looking good, with looking powerful, but he was willing to come to earth and to take on the form of a human. He's willing to come to earth to be a baby. And all that means, poopy diapers and all, all for love. So that's the God we serve. Father God, we thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you cared so much about us. That you came to earth for us. And we get to celebrate that in this season. Pray this in your holy name. Amen, amen. All right, you guys can take a seat. As you do, say Merry Christmas to somebody nearby. Merry Christmas, come on. I know it's not Christmas yet, but, you know, December is here. I guess we have to celebrate Christmas in all of its glory with Christmas trees. Come on. Some people like Christmas. I'm not. How many of you guys um, are the type of people who put up Christmas trees like in November? Yeah? Okay. 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 Um, I'm not that type of person. I like putting up Christmas tree in December. And then after Christmas, I'm like, I'm okay with it being up for a while, but I'm not that type of person. And then I married somebody who's like, uh, so it's November 1st. Can we put up the tree? Anyways, anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> so I want to start us off this morning um, with a not very Christmassy story, um, but a story about Jesus and his reaction to conflict, to problems. See, we've been doing a series recently called Unwrapped. We've been going through all of these different gifts that God is giving us, that God has given us access to. These gifts that he's giving to us, and sometimes we just need to open. Talking about hope, talking about love, talking about joy. So this week I want to talk to you guys about peace. And I want to start with a story in Matthew 8. And so it says in the story, it says they, being the disciples and Jesus, they got into a boat, and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, being human, was exhausted, and he fell asleep. How many of you guys are with Jesus? You're exhausted. You're ready for some, a nap. Come on. Come on. I just had coffee, so I'll be good for the next hour. Um. <laughs> See, Jesus, the reason he was exhausted was, if you read the story in Matthew you find that Jesus' day started all the way back in Matthew chapter 5. And he had just been preaching this really, really, really long sermon. He'd been teaching these people, probably for hours, seeing as the sermon took three chapters of the Bible. Sermon on the Mount, he was on a hillside, he was teaching this group of people. He preached and he preached and he preached and he taught and he taught and he taught. Way longer than I'm going to speak today. You guys are lucky. 
And he was exhausted, and then he comes down the hill, and a leper comes to him, and he heals the leper. And he goes into this town called Capernaum, and a Roman centurion comes to him, and he heals the Roman centurion's son. And Jesus is tired. He's like, hey, disciples, let's get in a boat. Let's cross this lake, the Lake of Galilee. I'm going to take a nap. And he goes, and they get on the boat. And as they're on the boat, suddenly a violent storm developed with waves so high that the boat was about to be swamped. Yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. And the disciples, being like us, when problems arise and when a storm arises and when conflict arises, they were freaking out. They go to Jesus and I don't know how they wake him up because there's this massive storm. Jesus is in a fishing boat and he's still asleep. And somehow the disciples are able to wake him up, even though the storm wasn't able to wake him up. And they wake him up and they're shouting at him, Jesus, save us, Lord. We are about to die. But Jesus reprimanded them. Come on. Why are you gripped with fear? Where is your faith? See, I, I have the privilege here at Gateway to be the youth pastor and to work with all of your amazing, crazy, awesome grade 6 to 12 kids. And this fall, we've been doing a series, and it's been called, What Did You Say? And this series, we've been exploring all of the different crazy, impractical, controversial, politically incorrect things that, you know, Jesus said during his ministry. You know, the things where you're reading the Bible and you're reading and you're reading and you're reading and you stop and you look at it and you're like, excuse me, Jesus? What? Like, you know, there's a story in John where Jesus goes into uh, to the pool of Bethesda and he goes up to this man who's crippled, who's lying on a mat, who's been there for like 30 years, I think it was. And he looks at him, he's like, do you want to get well? Excuse me, Jesus? What? Excuse me, what did you say? When I read the story, this is one of those moments. I stop, I pause, I'm like, wait, Jesus reprimanded his disciples. Ouch. Why are you afraid? Why are you gripped with fear? Where is your faith? And he rebukes the disciples, and then he stood up, and turns to the storm, and it's the storm's turn this time. He looks at the storm, and he rebukes the storm. Like, be still! And instantly, it became perfectly still. I want to take the next few minutes with you guys to unwrap this passage. Now it's Christmas, so have tree, have gifts. I want to unwrap this passage and kind of explore another gift that God wants to give us. We've talked about hope. We've talked about love. We've talked about joy. I want to talk to you today about peace. Not just peace when life is easy, but peace in the midst of problems. How many of you guys are fans of receiving Christmas gifts. Fan of receiving Christmas gifts? Come on. I see a lot of people just being like, no, not at all. Okay, whatever. 
you know, to me, I think it's pretty cool to get something that you didn't have to pay for. That's a pretty cool gift, I think. I, I enjoy when people buy me stuff because I'm like, oh, cool. This is something I probably maybe didn't want or <laughs> not didn't want, but didn't feel like buying or didn't have the budget for, you know, things like that. And it's pretty cool when they do it. I mean, I'll be honest. When I was younger, when I was a kid, um, Christmas time would come around, and I wasn't a very spiritual kid. You know, it's ironic that now I'm a pastor, because when Christmas came around, I could care less that we're celebrating Jesus' birth. Care less. I don't care. I could care less that we're spending time with family. I had two things on my mind. One, no school. All the parents are like, oh, don't remind me. And two, presents. Not spiritual at all. I loved presence. And so me and my family, we had this tradition, or should I say my family had this tradition that I partook in. Um, and so some families, they open gifts on Christmas morning. Some families, they open them on Christmas Eve. My family, we open them on Christmas Eve. And so we had this tradition. We would get together as a family. So me and my brother, my mom, my dad, and my grandmother, we would all come together and we would celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. And so we'd meet in the afternoon and we would eat a bunch of junk food and my mom would talk about God while me and my brother were like, come on, let's hurry up, come on, presents, presents, presents. Um, I mean, from when my mom watches this, it was awesome, but you know, we were excited about the presents, let's be real. And then we'd go to, we'd open a few gifts and then we'd go to church for a Christmas Eve service. Speaking of which, next week, Monday, 5.30, I want to see all of you here. See, all are amazing. It's going to be an amazing service. But we go to church for Christmas Eve. We go through the service. And I'd just be like, come on, let's hurry up. Oh, you're singing another Christmas carol? Can we bid on yet? All right. Uh, okay. Oh, now we're done? Oh, and now you're going to talk to people? Come on. Let's go. And finally, we'd get in the car, and we'd go home, and we'd open the rest of the gifts. It's my favorite thing. Favorite tradition. I was talking to my mom yesterday, and I was struggling to find a story for this, this sermon, and she brought up this one story. Um, I was about 10 years old at this point, and we'd done our Christmas Eve service, or Christmas Eve thing, and it was a Saturday, Saturday night was Christmas Eve, and Sunday was Christmas morning. So we'd opened all our presents Christmas Eve, and Sunday morning, we had the joyous occasion of I wasn't able to play with my presents because we had to get ready for church and go to church. Um, I was clearly very excited about that prospect. Um, but anyways, we're, we're getting ready for church, and me and my brother were getting ready, and my mom and my dad, we're all getting ready for church, and I'm like, okay, get this over with so I can get home and play with my new Lego sets and whatnot. And, and come on. Uh, and my mom, she had made our Christmas dinner, pre-prepared it, and she had put it down in the lowest part of our house. We had this cold room, this just concrete room under the front porch that was always cold. And so she always, in the winter, would put stuff in there um, to keep it cold for Christmas dinner. And so Christmas dinner, we were going to have that that afternoon, Sunday afternoon, having family over. So my mom decided, hey, it's before church. I should probably go down, get that food, and get, make sure that it's starting to de-thaw so that we aren't eating frozen food. Um, you know, basic stuff like that. And so whole family's getting ready for church. Mom goes downstairs. She walks down into the basement, 
and steps into six inches of water. My family that Christmas got an unexpected gift. You know, the type of gift that you open and you look at and your first reaction isn't, yay, this is amazing. Your first reaction is, oh. And then, oh, thank you, this is amazing. But you have no idea what they got you. That kind of gift. And me and my family, we had gotten this Christmas morning surprise, this Christmas morning gift that we wanted nothing to do with. Six inches of water in the basement. Make matters worse, bookshelves everywhere full of books. Guess what was all ruined and floating in the water? Books everywhere. There's dust, there's dirt, because the water picked up everything that was under the bookshelves, everything that was under any other area, anything that wasn't properly cleaned, it was just picked up. We had this laundry line strung across the basement, and there was laundry hanging on the line. It wasn't in the water, but it was in the way. So needless to say, we didn't go to church that morning, and I didn't get to play with my Legos, because for the next several days, we were cleaning up flood water out of our basement. And then it happened again. We cleaned it up again. It happened again. And we cleaned it up again. And it happened again. And we had to clean it up again. It's just a great Christmas break. How many of you guys have ever received a gift that you didn't want to receive? Come on. See, this was a gift that we didn't expect, that we didn't want, and it turned what is supposed to be a peaceful time of year time to spend with your family, a time to have fun, a time to just enjoy yourself and relieve yourself of some stress, turned it into this peaceless, monstrous week and a half of cleaning up flood water from our basement. I mean, years went by and we've had like four or five more floods in the basement, but eventually we learned and stopped putting stuff down there. Deep freeze, destroyed. Water heater, destroyed. You know, things like that. We had to lift them all up. It was great. And this peaceful time of year suddenly wasn't. See, in the story with the disciples, the Bible tells us that they weren't having a peaceful time either. They were on a lake in a storm. And I mean, people here who own boats, which is not me, but people here who own boats know you shouldn't be on a lake in a storm. So the disciples had a few things going wrong for them. One, they're in a, lake, in a boat. Two, there was a storm. Three, they're in the middle of the lake in the storm in a boat. And guess what? The boat it was not a yacht. It wasn't one of those fancy boats with a cabin. Nope, completely open to weather. And when I say they were in a storm, I don't want you guys to be mistaken and think, oh, it was like a thunderstorm that'll be there for 30 minutes and then depart like we have here. No, no, no. We're talking about a storm with waves so high that they're going to capsize the boat. You can just picture the boat is like cresting the waves and just smacking against the water and just jostling around and moving around and there's wind whipping the water around and just spraying from the lake, just coming and covering the disciples. Disciples screaming, Peter, grab the sail. James, grab the rudder. Uh, John, I, I don't know, do something, please. Bail out this water. There's rain pouring down, thunder clapping everywhere. And Jesus is asleep. What? 
I always find that interesting. How is Jesus asleep? Jesus is asleep. And as I said, this isn't a boat with a cabin or a covered area. This is a fishing boat. There is no cover. Bible literally says, when, when Luke retells the story, um, Bible says Jesus grabbed a pillow, he went to the back of the boat, and he took a nap. No cover. So if you think about it, Jesus is probably like rolling around the back of the boat, drenched from the water of the lake, drenched from the rain, disciples screaming, thunder everywhere, just loud, 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 and Jesus is asleep. He's calm. He's peaceful. He's asleep. And then the disciples go to wake him up, and I really love this part of the story because it makes me feel better about not being a morning person. See, when people wake me up in the morning, I growl. I'm like, ugh, stop talking. Um, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and Jesus, I love this, his response because they wake him up and he reprimands them. Hello. Jesus, we're going to die. Ugh. Why are you afraid? Okay, Jesus, can you save us? Why do you not have faith? You know, that seems a little harsh. Seems a little rude. Seems like Jesus is being a little mean. Doesn't seem like he's that much of a morning person. He's just like, stop, disciples. But, you know, I think Jesus was trying to teach his disciples something. See, in the midst of this storm, Jesus had, was asleep. He was at peace. And the disciples were freaking out. The disciples had traded their peace for fear in the midst of their storm. You see, in our modern-day society, we like to think that peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of conflict. Peace is the absence of conflict or even just the absence of noise. You go into nature and you say, it's peaceful when you don't hear any other human. You think, peace, the world is at peace, this country's at peace when there's no war. We like to think that peace is the absence of conflict. That peace is when our kids are happy, our spouse is happy, our boss is happy, our coworkers are happy, we're happy, nothing's going wrong in our life, our in-laws are great and they're nice, our parents are great and they're nice, our siblings are great and they're being nice to us for once in our life. That peace is when there is no conflict, when there is no problem, when there's nothing to be resolved. That peace is, that peace comes when life is easy. But you see, the reality is that peace is not the absence of conflict. You see, in the Bible, Jesus promises to give us peace. He never promises to make our life easy. It's interesting. Um, there's, 
There's this verse in John 16, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Saying to his disciples, I've told you everything. I've taught you all of this stuff that I've taught you. I've shown you all of these miracles so that you will have peace in me. You will receive my peace. Next line, though. Here on earth, you'll have many trials and sorrows. Interesting. I have told you all of this so that you will have peace in me, so that you will receive my peace, my perfect peace, peace that is not like the world's peace that is fragile and breaks and leaves and departs in a moment, but my perfect peace. But guess what? Life's going to suck. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have conflict. You're going to cry a lot. It's going to suck. Because you see, true peace is not the absence of conflict. It's not the absence of noise. It's not the absence of anything. True peace is the presence of a person. Because you see, when you're in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a problem, when life seems tough and you can't see a way out of it, peace isn't waiting for that storm to leave so that you can have your peace. Peace is finding Jesus in the midst of that storm. So you don't need to wait for the storm to be calm to find your peace because Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The source of your peace is always with you no matter what. See, the disciples didn't need to be afraid because Jesus was in their boat. And Jesus wasn't afraid. So why did they need to be afraid? If the source of our peace is with us and is there for us and he's asleep in the midst of our problem, why do we need to be afraid? See, peace is a promised gift that God gives us through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. We all have access to this peace that he's providing because as the Bible says, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Peace is a gift that he promises. But the issue is that while we always have access to this peace, we are very quick to trade our peace away in the midst of conflict. See, I was listening um, a couple months back. I was listening to a leadership conference, the Bethel Leaders Advance this year. Um, and I'll be honest, I only listened to part of the first session because I'm the type of person who will read a book until I get what I want out of it or listen to a sermon until I get what I want out of it or listen to a conference until I get what I want out of it. But anyways, the, the person who was preaching, it was Bill Johnson, and he was talking about leadership and faith in leadership. And one of the things he touched on was peace. And as he's talking about peace, something really stood out to me. See, Bill Johnson, he says this. He says, peace is never taken from us. We just exchange it. Peace is never taken from us. We just exchange it. You see, no situation, no person, no problem, nothing in this world can take your peace from you unless you willingly choose to trade it away in the midst of your problem for fear, for anxiety, 
for stress, for worry. Peace is never taken from us. We must willingly trade it away. Let me put it this way. So, you know how, well, I'd say like a third of you said you like Christmas gifts. I'd say that the majority of the rest of you were probably like just too shy to put up your hand. Or asleep, <laughs> pulling a Jesus. Come on. Most of us like or enjoy receiving Christmas gifts. And you know, as I was thinking about this message and thinking about the idea of we're doing a series called Unwrapped, you know, presence fits into that series pretty well. Um, and so I was thinking back to all of the different Christmases that I remember that I've experienced and just to people's reactions to getting gifts. You know, there's something interesting. When somebody is given a gift, their first reaction, like if it's Christmas morning or it's Christmas Eve or whenever you open gifts, usually when people get a gift, they might shake it and be like, huh, I wonder what this is. And then they open it. Right? How many of you guys, when you get a gift, you open it? Okay. Okay. Just checking. But I've never seen this happen. Somebody gives you a gift. You're like, ooh, it's pretty. The wrapping's nice. To be honest, my wife wrapped this. I'm not this skilled. <laughs> wrapping's nice. It's pretty. You shake it. Ooh, I know what it is. This is exactly what I wanted for Christmas. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Thank you so much for getting me this gift. And then you go and you put it back under the Christmas tree. Would anyone do that? No? Why not? Yeah, you don't get the gift. If you want to get the gift, especially when you know that the gift is going to be really good and you really want it, why would you put it back under the tree? How about this? You get the gift, and you're, you actually open it. You're like, oh my goodness, this is the gift. And you're opening it, and you're opening it, and oh, it's a phone. Ooh, fancy. Ooh, it's my used cell phone that I've had for a year. Cool. And you open it, and oh my goodness, it is exactly what you've wanted. It is the perfect gift. It is exactly the gift you've wanted. You're so excited because you've been asking for this phone for so long. And then you're out, you're about, and you're going through your day, and you're talking on your phone. Actually, let's be real. Who talks on their phones nowadays? Most of us, we go, and we're texting. Walking through town, and we're texting. Just like, ooh, okay, oh, look, I've got a text here. Cool, thanks, PayPal, for letting me know that I updated my account. That's amazing. Um, oh, okay, yeah, and you're walking through town, and you're going, and you have this phone, and you're like, yes, this phone is so amazing. And as you're walking, you look, and you see somebody, and they have a basketball. <gasps> they have a basketball. And you're like, I've never played basketball before. Huh, I wonder if I'd be good at basketball. I should try it. So you go up, and you're like, hey, Will you take my phone for your basketball? How many of you guys would do that? Trade something of great value, several hundred dollars, for something that I bought off Amazon for seven bucks. Would nobody do that? Then why do we do that with our peace? 
Why do we do that with our peace? See, peace is a gift that God gives us, that God freely gives us. It's a Christmas present that he puts under our tree every single day and says, here you go. But you see, we have a choice. We have a choice. We can choose to open the gift or to just leave it under the tree. You know the gift's valuable. You can choose to open it or just to leave it under the tree. Or if we open it, we can choose to treasure it, to cherish it, or to give it away. The first chance we get for something of infinitely less value. See, God has given us this gift. So why do we keep giving it up? Why do we keep giving it away? Why do we keep trading it for something that's worthless? Exchanging it for fear. Exchanging it for stress. Exchanging it for worry. Exchanging it for anxiety. See, peace is not something we are meant to receive and give away. It's something that we are meant to guard with all our hearts. Cherish, to protect and to preserve it. Not to just give it away. To do whatever we can to protect it. And in a moment where maybe we do trade it away, maybe we do give it away for anxiety or stress or fear or something like that, to go back to the source of our peace and to pursue our peace no matter the cost, to find where we lost it and to go back and get it back. See, the disciples in the storm, they didn't have to be afraid because the source of their peace had never left them. Jesus was in the boat. Jesus was in the boat. The God, the person they'd been following for so long who they'd seen heal so many people, he was in the boat with them. And in a storm, no matter how big it was, no matter what its reputation was, because on that lake, the lake, when, if you're on the boat, or if you're on a boat in that lake and a storm arose, usually you were dead. It doesn't matter what the reputation was, didn't, they didn't have to be afraid because Jesus was with them. But you see, we have a choice. We can choose to keep our peace, to hold on to it with everything we have, to refuse to give it up no matter the circumstance, or we can trade it away for something of less value. That is our choice. But thank God we have a promise from Jesus that no matter what happens, he will always be there with us and ready to give us more peace. And all we have to do is to accept it and to fight to preserve it. If you're here this morning and 
you feel like you have a lack of peace in your life. You feel stressed, you feel anxious, you feel worried. You're lacking peace because of a situation that's going on. You're fighting anxiety, you're full of fear. Family is stressing you out. Your work is stressing you out. If that's you and you want peace, I'm going to get everyone to stand in this moment. If you're here today and you want peace, you want to receive God's peace, what I want you to do is I want you to take just the smallest little risk, the smallest little risk of being uncomfortable people all around and just if you want peace just put your hands out like this just put your hands out like this this is a posture of receiving I want to pray for you guys no matter what's coming against you right now Jesus is greater no matter what problem you're facing Jesus is greater no matter what situation what storm is around don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be stressed. You don't need to be anxious. Because the God of peace is with you. He's handing you that gift of peace. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of peace. That you promised to give us your Holy Spirit. That one of the fruits of the Spirit is peace. Not peace like the world has. But as you say in John 14, peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that is not like the world. Peace that doesn't go away when circumstances go bad. But peace that stands firm in the midst of a storm. Father God, pour out your peace on your people right now, Lord to go through the season that's meant to be peaceful but is often the most stressful time of year. God, pour out your peace on your people. Hand them this gift of peace and empower them to open it, Lord. Empower them to fight for it, Lord. And no matter the circumstance, no matter the problem, no matter what's going on in their family, no matter what's going on in their health, no matter what's going on all around them, that your peace will be with them in every single moment. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of peace and I declare that, that you are the God of peace for each and every one of us here today. And God, we praise you and we thank you for that. We pray this in your holy, holy, holy name. Everyone shouts, amen, amen.